Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, Timberlake Church. My name is Pastor Matt, and this is the time in our service that we're able to open the Word of God together and share in all that it has for us. There's a story about a man named Charles or Chuck Colson. Uh, he had risen in the ladder of national political success at a breakneck speed. After a tour in the Marines, Colson served in the office of Assistant Secretary of the Navy. He ran a political campaign and joined a law firm before becoming special counsel to the president, Richard Nixon. In 1969, at the ripe old age of 38, he took that position with Nixon, and then it all came crashing down. As Colson was sent to prison for his involvement in the Watergate scandal, as one pastor put it, Colson's former career was over, but his calling was just beginning. While in prison, Colson converted to Christianity and began working alongside his fellow prisoners. His passion for his faith and his fellow prisoners birth prison fellowship. Seeing firsthand the injustices in the American prison system, Colson fought for the rights of the incarcerated, including widespread penal justice reform. But that isn't all. Prison Fellowship has created a number of programs to help inmates, including training to experience healing and wholeness in their lives with the full intention of lowering the rate of recidivism or those who return to prison. Today, Prison Fellowship serves in all 50 states in the United States, impacting more than 1,000 prisons and over 365,000 incarcerated men and women each year. In his 1983 book, Loving God, Colson shares the realization that his legacy came not from his successes, but from his failures. He writes this, The real legacy of my life was my biggest failure, that I was an ex-convict. My great humiliation, being sent to prison, was the beginning of God's greatest use of my life. He chose the one experience in which I could not glory for His glory. Welcome to week four of our series, Cool Story Bro. We have been exploring the overwhelming effectiveness of sharing our story with others and the hope that that story leads others into a deeper relationship with Jesus. I just want to say how great it has been to be able to listen to the stories of different Timberlake folks over the past few weeks. It makes my heart happy to know how much God is working and God is on the move at Timberlake. Today we are going to be looking into how sharing our story creates a legacy that makes an impact not only for right now but for future generations to come. The scripture for today is 2 Timothy 4.11. If you would turn with me again 2 Timothy 4.11 when I read it you might find yourself saying uh, all right Matt uh, let's see where this goes. But remember that all Scripture is God-breathed, and it is profitable for teaching 
and all kinds of good stuff. So please turn with me again to 2 Timothy 4.11. It says this, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we see, John Mark uh, is lifted up in this passage, and often John Mark is referred to just as Mark. He was a believer in the early church, mentioned directly only in the book of Acts. John Mark is first mentioned as the son of a woman named Mary in Acts 12, 12, whose house is being used as a place for believers to gather and to pray. Later, Mark is mentioned as a helper to Barnabas and to the Apostle Paul during their journeys together in Jerusalem, found in Acts 12, 25. We know also that John Mark was Barnabas' cousin, and John Mark was a co-worker on Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. However, he did not make it through the whole trip as he deserted Paul and Barnabas in Pamphylia and left the work. We read that in Acts 15, 38. The Bible does not really exactly say why Mark left, but his exit came after a tough time of ministry. In Acts 13, 4-12, it is recorded that only one person showed repentance and turned their life over to God on the trip. John Mark was more than likely discouraged and decided to return to the comforts of home. The rest of the trip saw good fruit, and after some time had passed, Paul expressed the desire to go back to the cities that he had visited to check up on how those believers were doing. Barnabas agreed to go with only the condition that they take John Mark with them. Paul refused to have Mark go due to the desertion that Mark made on the first trip. See, Paul did not want to take a quitter with them. He hoped for someone more dependable, someone with more scruples. Scripture tells us that Paul and Barnabas had a sharp disagreement about John Mark and ended up going to separate journeys and pathways. Barnabas took John Mark with him to Cyprus, and Paul took Silas with him through Syria and other places to encourage the new Christians in the churches. Barnabas chose to forgive John Mark's failure and to give him a second chance. However, Paul took the more pragmatic view and dismissed John Mark. Paul saw John Mark more as a menace than as a missionary. Luke, the writer of Acts, does not take sides in his reporting of this. He simply records the facts. No matter, two groups of missionaries ended up being sent out, which placed twice as many missionaries telling their story to those who were far off from God. Barnabas does not or does something that many of us are not willing to do. He forgives failure and looks to offer redemption. Barnabas gains the nickname Son of Encouragement for good reason. Over this journey with John Mark, something transpires in Mark that releases him to do what he is made for. See, John Mark goes on to be a foundational worker in the early church and even writes the gospel according to Mark. Barnabas shares his life with Mark. Barnabas shares the story of God's greatness and goodness with Mark. The seeds from this life, this life story of Barnabas are planted in the mind and heart of John Mark. 
When those stories grow in Mark, he is released to share God's story with others. And to this day, millions of people are influenced by the Gospel of Mark. He is released to share God's story. Mark writes in Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission, where it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, Barnabas did not look down on the mistakes of youthful anxieties. No, he looks at John Mark's potential, not his failures. Barnabas walks with John Mark, talks with him, works with him, lives life with him, eats meals with him. Barnabas pours all that he has into John Mark in a hopeful anticipation that John will hear God's story and take God's story to others in that same hospitable spirit. Isn't that what God asks of us? The Living Bible says it this way, publish his glorious acts throughout the earth. Tell everyone about the amazing things he has done in Psalm 96.3. What can we do, though? How do we be a Barnabas? Well, it's easy. <laughs> Find the craziest young person you can and pour your life into them. Now, when I say young people, I don't just mean those who are under the age of 18. No, see, there are plenty of 20 to 60-somethings that need the encouragement of those older than them. So hear me. No matter how old you are, your story of God is useful and it is a useful tool to help out someone else in their walk toward Jesus. Remember what we have said over the past four weeks. Number one, you have a story. Number two, God has been working in your story. And number three, people will be blessed when you tell your story. Right now, our young people are desperate for you to tell them the God stories in your life. There is a generation of young people that need to see your life on display. They need people like us to come alongside of them and share with them the awesome things God has done in and through our lives. Here is an example of that, a young lady from our church named Cassidy Shepherd, who has a testimony that speaks to this. Let's take a look. Hello, Timberlake family. This is Pastor Matt, and it's awesome to be here today with you and to have my good friend Cassidy Shepherd alongside with. Uh, Cassidy, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Casty. I'm um, about to be a senior in high school, and I'm in the student ministry program at Timberlake. I also um, am involved in the children's ministry, and I help in the AV booth from time to time. And yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, where do you, where do you go to, to to high school? Jefferson Forest. Awesome. Um, I'm so glad that you you came on today with us to uh, to share a little bit about your story. And I wanted to ask you, uh, what has your church experience been like? So my first memory of the church building is when I went to um, preschool there. But we never really went to church like every Sunday morning. Um, we would go on Easter and then kind of random 
Sundays here and there, but um, I think it was around second grade when I was like eight years old when we really started going to church every Sunday. And so I was, um, you know, in the children's program and then I progressed to the youth program when I got older. I was very involved in the youth through um, middle school, but around um, my freshman year in high school, the youth program was kind of going through a rough spot, kind of like a transition period. And it just really wasn't working for me. Um, a lot of like personal reasons, there were some not very nice people like in the youth group. And just coming to youth in general just gave me a lot of anxiety. And so I stopped coming. Um, and a lot of people like, you know, my mom and the pastors, they really wanted me to come back, but it just wasn't working for me in that season of my life. And um, around that time that I stopped going, my mom um, mentioned to me that they were in need of volunteers in the nursery on Sunday mornings. And so I was like, I'll give it a try. Now, before then, I had never worked with children. I thought I was bad with children just because I had never tried. But in that, in working in the nursery, I discovered a love for working with children. And that was something that I had never seen in myself before. And I really started growing in my faith and really seeing God through these children and through the people who are working in the nursery. So. Uh, within your time uh, working with kids and uh, just finding, um, God, hearing God's voice within that time, um, who, is, uh, who has impacted your faith um, over the last couple of years of your life? Like, who's been your greatest influence? Um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one person, but really just all the volunteers in the nursery. So Jenny Tibbs, Skylar, Ashley, all of them. Um, but also just the children themselves. I think um, one of the biggest influences on my faith have been just the people who have shown me the goodness of God. Um, even if they weren't like directly preaching to me or testifying to me, um, just the people who showed me the goodness of God just through their actions and their love and their joy. A lot of the um, people in the nursery, just people in the children's ministry in general, my family, people like that. Right on. And so um, what what is the importance of your, your family and faith? Like, uh, how has your family uh, influenced you in your walk with Jesus? Um, really just by loving me. <laughs> uh, just by showing me um, what God's love is all about and by encouraging me to keep going to church. Awesome. That's so cool. So, um, so yeah, so Cassidy, within the time that you've... Uh, lived and had fun in church and done um, cool things from lock-ins to um, to what have you with student ministries. Um, is there a specific story that you can uh, share with us um, of an instance that maybe um, on any type of trips or any type of things that you've been through with the church that you can say, yeah, this was a moment, like a God moment in my life? One Sunday morning when I was playing with one of the kids and I don't remember exactly what we were doing but we were just having fun and I just remember um, saying to myself wow I really enjoy church again <laughs> I mean this I just remember thinking this is really a place of joy and love again when for a while just in my head it really wasn't that 
um, just because of personal stuff I was dealing with. So what, what I've heard is that you uh, have really been nurtured uh, in your faith and that the, the people here at Timberlake have been able to, to guide and, and direct you in a lot of ways and that um, through their story and how they've come alongside of you, um, you've seen a lot of good things happen um, in your life. And so what does the future for Cassidy look like? The future for me really just looks like following in their footsteps and just showing the same love that I've been shown to other people. It's also really amazing that the church gave me a place to discover something in myself that I never knew was there. You know, my love for kids. I never knew that a couple years ago. And now all of a sudden I want to be a preschool teacher. <laughs> so that's really cool that um, the church has been a place for me to discover that about myself. Right on. Do you believe that uh, you would have been able to discover those things without the church? Probably not. <laughs> because, I mean, practically, I never would have had that place. But also, I never would have been um, inclined to work with kids if um, God hadn't led me to do so. Awesome. Well, speaking of God, uh, who, who is Jesus to you? Jesus to me is like like a big old hug. <laughs> Jesus is someone who um, is comforting to me when I don't have anywhere else to go. He is my leader. He shows me where to go. Um, he's my source of wisdom and guidance. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Cassidy, I, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And uh, I know that God's got great things for you. So thanks so much. Appreciate you greatly. Of course. Wow. Cassidy's story is one that bears witness to the idea that when we share our story with someone, we just might awaken in them the story they are supposed to share with the world. If it wasn't for women like Jenny Tibbs and others, Cassidy would not have been made aware of the glorious joy found in loving little ones. How good is it to see youth hear the call of God and follow them in their lives? In conclusion, let's look again at our scripture for today from 2 Timothy 4.11. Remember, Mark sails off to Cyprus with Barnabas, but that's not the end of the story. Years later, he is with Paul, who calls him a fellow worker in Philemon 1.24. And near the end of Paul's life, Paul sends a request to another youth named Timothy from a Roman prison where he asks, get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in ministry. Obviously, John Mark had matured through the years and had become a faithful servant of the Lord. Paul recognized his progress and considered him a valuable companion. So the questions remain, who is your John Mark? Who needs to hear your story? Amen.